eyes peeled, everyone. It's time for the full 10 Yards College Football Podcast. Welcome to the Full 10 Yards College Football Podcast and we're back on the Scousing Podcast. Thanks for listening yesterday to our bowl game uh, preview and review and uh, that's now moving us on into the Thursday podcast which uh, we're going to be scouting some safeties for you today and we've got some quite a, quite a lot of names to go through. We've got some sleepers as usual uh, but going to go through, we're, we're go and work through our five or six guys that we've got um, as the top end of the safety bracket. Uh, moving forward into the into the NFL draft, obviously in the spring or whenever that might be, um, we just want to go through very very quickly, like we did last week, what sort of traits we're looking for in our safeties. And um, I'll start us off actually. So what I'm looking for is solid tackling. Obviously, safeties last line of defense needs someone who can tackle, not someone who is letting someone through. Uh, this season with the Chargers, I've seen a lot of poor safety play, a lot of poor tackling, and it really grinds my gears. So I'm looking for a guy who can tackle. I'm also looking for a fluid mover, a guy who can change direction at an instant. Obviously, you've got to cover a large area of space or some very, very good athletes as a safety. So I want to see someone who can change direction very well and also range as well. I want to see someone who can recover if they need to and uh, cover, like I say, large areas of the field kind of going hand in hand with my change direction. Kieran, what about you? Um, coming in with the safeties there, what, uh, what are you looking for in a good safety? Now, depending on if they're playing strong or free, you're going to free safety. You need a guy who's better at coverage, a guy, a guy who could probably play corner if he needed to, but a guy who's got great vision, uh, has instincts for the ball and can tackle. And then for a strong safety, obviously you need a guy who can tackle, but a guy who can sort of sit behind the rest of the defense and sort of, Work out what the offense is doing so he can sort of better equip his guys in, uh, uh, in you know, diagnosing things. But then you also need a guy who's willing to get physical and tackle hard. We see guys like Jamal Adams right now in the league make all the jokes you want about the interceptions he's making. He's one of the hardest hitting safeties in the league mm. by none. But then we also see guys like Isaiah Simmons, who's now a linebacker who played safety for a little bit in college, because there is that hybridized style when you get to strong safety. You can almost be a linebacker, but they need that extra burst of speed uh, to take it to the second level if guys break out into the secondary. And Andy, what about yourself? What have you been looking at this week when you've been looking at these safeties? Yeah, I think you guys have covered it off mostly. The only other thing I'm, I'm kind of looking for is versatility. So um, like Kieran just said, get comfortable across the secondary and also coming up in the box. I don't think you can kind of fit too um, too specifically into, into free or strong anymore. I think it needs to be able to do both um, at the modern game. So, yeah, that's the only other different thing uh, other than the fact that I like my safety to tackle the run game as well. So be able to stand up against the, the bigger running backs in the league. Hmm. What about you, Rob? Anything to add on to anything that we've, we've mentioned amongst the three of us? Uh, no, not really. I think you've covered it all. <laughs> um, especially you're asking a, an offensive uh, person to add more onto what you guys have said. Uh, it's a bit unfairly, to be honest. No, um, no, you've covered it really well. Um, and I must say, I've thoroughly enjoyed uh, scouting these guys that we're going to talk about. I'm going to talk about today. Um, you know, it's it's good to. This it, is not a strong point of mine, but to to sort of learn from from you guys, learn from from other people that I've been listening to. Um, and just to, to watch tape and to, it's opening up a new dimension for me and I'm really, really enjoying it. So, uh, so yeah, I'm uh, looking forward to this. 
Absolutely. That's what it's all about. It's all about that learning journey, isn't it? And always continuing to do that. Yeah, brilliant. And what about you, Liam, to lastly finish us off? I, I agree with uh, Rob. I think we've covered uh, pretty much everything. Um, uh, I like to, I agree that uh, free safety, strong safety, that you can still separate the two, but also that uh, skill set needed to play both roles quite well. Like the safeties to be a kind of leader in the secondary to be able to kind of be a general and to see, read and react. And like you say, tackle well. Mm. I'm just going to be like repeating what you guys have covered. I think we've covered it all pretty well. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, there's, there's five of us on the pod. So uh, yeah, it's not fair to you guys who are last in the queue there. Um, Liam, I'll come back to you then. First one in the queue. Um, you can start us off with your player that you've got. We'll rotate round. Yeah, we've got um, uh, Paris Ford uh, from Pittsburgh. It's a guy I'm going to focus on. Let's start from uh, like the beginning. Um, born and raised in uh, the city of Pittsburgh. Attended um, both Seton, LaSalle Catholic and Steel Valley High Schools in the Pittsburgh area. Um, then committed uh, to the Pittsburgh Panthers in 2016. Uh, so uh, stayed local to the Pittsburgh area uh, during high school and uh, actually scored over uh, 20 touchdowns. At least six rushing touchdowns, six receiving touchdowns, four touchdowns on interception returns, four touchdowns on punt returns and another fumble return. Then uh, on to uh, Pittsburgh College, redshirted his uh, first year. Um, by year three, was a starter at safety. Um, had a great season. Uh, the stats were 97 tackles, three interceptions, three forced fumbles and named uh, to the 2019 first team or ACC one of those guys who um, just flies around the field. Um, I, I like uh, watching him uh, on film, likes uh, to tackle hard, um, play after play, um, really fun to watch him, um, follows the ball at speed, always looking to come downhill, um, following plays out of the backfield, will play in coverage towards the sideline or come up towards the line of scrimmage. Uh, good film on him uh that i liked was uh last season uh the 2019 quick lane bowl uh when pitt beat uh eastern michigan uh 34-34 had 11 tackles and uh yeah it's a really good film of him there's the shows the range in his tackles he, he there was tackles for losses they were good plays in coverage tackles towards the sidelines um really good film and uh kind of started to to watch him from then and uh, this season uh, he's continued to show his ball hawking ability um, as a ex wide receiver. He's, he shows good hands, really good feel for the catch um, when he's given the opportunity. And he got three more interceptions this season, playing well on a strong Pittsburgh defense. Uh, that Pittsburgh defense is good front to back, some really good talent on there. Um, then uh, opted out in November. Uh, his uh, build, he's about uh, six foot, approximately 190 pounds. Um, so I kind of see him as a, a free safety playing strong safety. He's he's asked to kind of come up, play forward as more of a strong safety. And his um, his style kind of suits that. Like I say, he really likes to hit hard, fly around. Um, but that kind of, I think, kind of looks a little bit undersized to play that. Uh, play that role. Play, as I say, looks more like a free safety. Um so there's like there's versatility there, but there's also um, I think different teams will kind of have an idea of where they want to play him if they want him to kind of stay as a kind of a more strong safety role. I think there's some weight to be added there. 
Um, I've marked uh, safeties uh, down before for being um, kind of over aggressive. I think the, the most recent I can think of is Jonathan Abram out of Mississippi State. A couple of years ago, he's now with the Raiders. Um, and uh, sure enough, he is a little over aggressive. Um, sometimes he can kind of over pursue missed tackles. Um, a few more things to work on that if teams see him as a free safety, then he needs to work on his um, defending in uh, the deep field and in zone coverage. Um, he can uh, miss tackles, like say times things a little badly. Sometimes if he over pursues, he can miss ball carriers. Um, relies more on speed and man coverage is another kind of note I've got against him because he can sometimes mean just really in close coverage can sometimes get kind of beat. Um, like I say, I, I, I like him. Um, I'm not certain on the, um, that how good uh, this safety class is at the top. So even though I, I like him and he, I'll probably consider him near the top handful, I think he's probably solid round three or four player. Um, I think he could rise to the second due to the lack of high-end uh, quality in the safety class. Um, but uh, yeah, Paris Ford for, for me is definitely going to be one of the ones to watch in the class. Interesting. Yeah, really good rundown. Really thorough rundown for sure. Um, I've got on my notes here about Paris Ford, he's got, and I, I appreciate this is a very Chargers-centric piece of analysis that I'm going to go for, but Rayshon Jenkins syndrome sort of loves to do the flashy stuff, goes for the big hit, doesn't like to do the simple stuff too well. You know, he'll, he'll go to absolutely annihilate someone where he could just wrap them up. Do you think yeah. that's fair? Yeah, it is. Yeah, like I say, that the, uh, Jonathan Abram came to my mind, and you're you're right. It's the same sort of same sort of issues. So he he can kind of over pursue, and he can kind of get lost in the kind of uh, the reading and the the mental side of the game, and tries to make up for it with um, how solid he is and how hard mm. he wants to try and hit you. Um, it, to me, that the it's kind of a pro. It makes him fun to watch, and a lot of the times he does he can get it right. To be fair to him. And um, he brings that kind of the passion and the energy that he needs. Um, like I say, he kind of, I want him to be a bit bigger for that role as well. Because like I say, I, I kind of described him as a free safety, playing strong safety. It kind of feels like he's he's going to kind of want to fill that kind of strong safety role a bit more and challenge plays out of the backfield, out in the flat. Mm. But looks a little undersized for it. Yeah, I tend to agree with that one there. Rob, We'll come to you next. Um, I know you've said that obviously you know out of your comfort zone a little bit, but by the sounds of it, you really enjoyed this week. So tell us, tell us what yeah. you've uh, what you've enjoyed watching from your guy. Yeah, you caught me. I was just just doing a lot, last little bit of minute Sorry. research, which <laughs> I haven't been able to get. So I'm going to ask you a question in a minute. Um, no, I did. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. You've given me uh, well, I've given me. I've, we've, we've chosen the players, <laughs> and and I, I did say to you, I'd have the one that wasn't picked, but I think I landed quite what nicely with Javon Holland. Uh, from Oregon. Uh, heading into the season, he was um, sort of the number one safety uh, heading into the year. Um, <clears throat> he opted out, unfortunately, because of the COVID rules. Um, so we haven't actually seen him this year. Um, but, I mean, one of the reasons why he was able to opt out is because he's got quite a lot of good tape for the last two years, um, from 2018, 2019. Uh, and obviously, you know, um, He's decided to bank on himself and preserve his stock, which was fair enough. Um, he's, he's got enough of the tank. He's going to get drafted, so why not? Uh, why risk injury? Um, 
start from the beginning. Uh, he's, he was, he's from uh, Oakland in San Francisco. Um, well, I think I got, I got in trouble for saying that. Oakland's its own city, isn't it? Um, it's <laughs> the people from, from, from that area now, the Bay Area, screaming at me. Um, he went to Bishop O'Dowd High School, which is a crosstown rivalry to Laney. Those of you who have watched Last Chance you, we had a coach on at the beginning of the season. And that's who I was uh, uh, trying to get the name of as you as you came to me there, Lee. So I, I'm, I apologize. I haven't got the co- coach's name there. Um he was a four-star recruit, got offers from um, Washington, Washington State, Nebraska, Illinois, uh, and also bizarrely from from Notre Dame. So, um, but he, he he chose to go to to Oregon. Fair enough, um, you know, one of the big powerhouses in the Pac-12. Um, a couple of little tidbits from him uh, at high school. He played wide receiver as well as safety. Um, so, as Liam alluded to a little while ago uh, about his player, he did a bit of. Uh, played a bit of wide receiver um you kind of get a, a feel for the ball of the offense you kind of get a you, someone who's played wide receiver might know the uh, sort of the, the route running a bit better uh, might be able to get that instinct um and coming into college it's common for for teams to sort of ease young defenders in but holland's talent was was too good to waste uh on special teams from the first year so as a true freshman he played all 13 games uh but he did also play as a returner had a fantastic game against auburn in 2019 where he returned uh three uh three kickoffs for 131 yards uh, like i said opted out this season which is unfortunate um but let's go through some some pros um Oh, before that, actually, during the season, he did do some athletic testing. Um, so uh, he, he tested at four, uh, he did a 40-yard dash in 4.5 seconds and a 37-inch vert. Um, people are saying that he could run faster than that, so expect him to be in the four fours um, at the combine. Um, and the combine for him is going to be very telling. It's going to be, it's a big thing for him. Um, obviously, not all those players that opted out this year, the combine is the sort of the last hurrah for them uh, to impress the scouts. So expect Javon Holland to, to really do well in the combine. And like I said, he'll be targeting a four, an early 4-4 uh, in the 40. Um, it's pros, great athlete, good speed, explosiveness. He's versatile, which again, is going to be our, our favourite word already uh, on these scouting pods. Um, he can play a bit of slot corner. Um, he's got elite instincts. He's got good positioning skills, uh, particularly in, in run defence. Um, he's able to... Bre- He's able to process congestion quickly, calculates his angles of attack well, um, smooth and fluid hips. Kieran, this one for you. You know, I've been mentioning these hips every week for you, buddy. Um, Jevon Holland has got fluid hips, allows him to turn quickly, run upfield with with the receivers. Um, He's efficient in the run game, always willing to tackle. and he's a natural leader, which is a, a big thing for, for coming out of college. It's, it speaks volumes about his personality and um, the fact that he can put the defense on his shoulders and, and play cool, uh, cool plays as and when they happen, the sort of calling audibles on the field almost um, for the defensive point of view. Um, let's talk about some cons. There's not many. He's an elite talent. Um, he's kind of good at everything. Everything that I saw on tape, it was like, okay, he's good at that. He's good at that. He's good at that. He's good at that. He's not great at anything. Like he doesn't excel in any one particular area. So he's kind of good around the ball, which could be seen as a positive. But the con is at the next level, scouts are going to be looking for that one thing that set, sets you sets you apart from the rest. What are you elite at? And I don't know whether Holland's elite at anything in particular. He's just very good at everything. He's got a broad scale. Um, 
he's got to improve man coverage for the NFL. Um, that's one of the things that he could work on. It's a little bit inconsistent. Um, can be beat in downfield when in coverage versus explosive players. Um, he needs to add a bit more to his frame. He can uh, handle He can be, sorry, I'm reading my notes here. He can be handled easily by NFL size blockers. Um, so there are a couple of cons for him, but all in all, um, it was a great watch on tape. Um, he, he very, like I said, very versatile. He's got a broad spectrum of things that he can do well. Um, he's going to be, I've, I've got a high second round grade on him. I think coming into the year, he was probably viewed as a first rounder, but I think because of the opt out and because we haven't seen him this year, that might dent his, uh, dent his um, value a little bit. Um, but, if he lands in a spot where anyone needs a bit of help in the slot on defense, the Saints, Washington football team, Raiders, Cowboys, them sort of teams, then he could be potent for those. Uh, a few things that just need nurturing by NFL coaches um, for him to be an elite talent. He's not far off it. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Really good rundown. Um, he's, yeah, like you say, great everything, to be honest with you. I've got, I've, I've written some notes on him myself. I've got one con, and that is his stopping power. Like, I'd like, like him, as yeah. you said, like, like him to put on a little bit of weight and be able to to make those hits in the hole one on one. But yeah, they're generally pretty good for everything. He's going to be a useful player. Like you say, I've got a second round on him myself. So, yeah, I think that's a really, really good rundown from, uh, from Javon Holland there from Oregon. I'm going to stay on the mic, actually. I'm going to, I'm going to take over for the, my, my guy. I've actually got my guy as the number one safety in the class for, for me. Um, I know you guys might disagree. Obviously, it's still fairly early on. But, uh, yeah, I've got Trevon Moreg. I think I'm pronouncing his surname right. Kind of a German um, name. Um, oh, Trevon Moreg Woodward, as he's given his full name, but he doesn't generally go by that from what I've seen. Uh, taking it back uh, to some measurements, uh, that is... Uh, Six foot two, uh, weight 202 pounds from Texas. Uh, traveled up from South Texas, I think he's from just outside of Austin. And he now obviously resides at TCU, which is kind of just outside Fort Worth in the north of Texas. Um, four star athlete coming out of uh, high school and uh, was a cornerback, as we mentioned, a little bit between all of us now. Um, this versatility, you know, he'd like to play cornerback in a pinch. I don't know who said that thing. Was that you, Andy, who was saying that at the beginning? Um, but yeah, highly rated number four cornerback in Texas when he came out and also got the versatility on uh, punt returns and kickoff returns as well, which he did a little bit in high school, not so much uh, in college. But as we just mentioned with Javon Holland there, having that skill set is going to help you stick on a roster. Not that I think Moreg will have a, a, a big uh, problem sticking on a roster because I think he's a high-end talent. Um, I think he's got the potential to be a, a starter from, from day one, to be honest with you. I think he's a are going to be a sought after commodity because he, as much as he's a free safety and he does play that uh, middle of the field MOF uh, defender, I do feel like he can drop down to the box and he can have that versatility to play both of those roles. As we were mentioning, you know, the distinction between middle of the, middle of the field safety at free safety and a, a box safety, as we say, strong safety is, uh, is getting a bit more blurred nowadays. But yeah, great read and react, uh, great tackle, good stopping power. And this is my, my kind of knock on Holland, as I mentioned, and probably one of the things that sets him about. One thing that we've mentioned a lot of is that being that commander, being that leader at the back end of the defense. And yeah, I think you can always see Moreg like communicating. You can always see him pointing, passing off coverages, communicating all the way through all the plays that you see. And it's just what you want to see, especially from a young guy. You know, he's a, he's a senior in college. So obviously very comfortable in that defense and at TCU and at that level. But, um, you know, he'll, he'll take that into the NFL and he'll, he'll be that guy on defense for whichever team is lucky enough to pick him up. 
Um, he's got the power to play through blocks as well. So in the run game, if he's got gets engaged by a lineman or or someone else, you know, wide receiver, he's got the the power to play through that and make a tackle. And he does play through contact really well. And like I said, like Rob said a little bit, understands the uh, route concepts and things like that. Can, I think he can understand what's going on in front of him. That helps him communicate. Um, and he's got his uh, production as well. All the way throughout his college career, he's got seven inceptions, one in his freshman season, four last year in 2019 and two this this season so far with a handful of uh, forced fumbles and, and fumble recoveries as well. So yeah, a guy who can affect the game multiple ways, as we as we mentioned a few times as we've been going through this this whole uh, scouting series so far. It's a phrase that I've used a lot. But yeah, you know, just to round up the cons, really, sorry, the pros are really intelligent defender who, you know, has got good speed, good hips, good fluidity. He's got it all, I'd say, in, in a lot of ways. The way that coming over to the weaknesses then, um, I feel like sometimes he takes questionable angles. Maybe he relies on that speed a bit too much and he backs himself when uh, he's faced up with a ball carrier or wide receiver and he's aggressive in in a, maybe a little bit too much, maybe in the similar way that we're talking about Paris Ford. And he can bite on double moves quite a lot. Um, so that can lead him susceptible to that sort of thing. Obviously, as a safety, especially a deep one, not the, <laughs> the best thing to be susceptible to because it can lead to six points for the other guys. It's kind of paradox really, kind of juxtaposition to his aggressiveness because I feel like I've got it on my notes here that I want him to attack the ball a bit more in the air. So he, he wants to attack the players, but he doesn't attack the ball enough. If he can't get an interception, I feel like he lets the guy come down and tackle them rather than going after it in the air for a pass deflection. But, you know, really impressed with him generally. I watched four games of him um, and just loved every minute of it, to be perfectly honest with you. The worst thing about his tape was the TCU uniforms at, at some point, um, which are generally not my favourite. I don't think they're anyone's favourite, are they? Um, Kieran, I believe that you wanted to come in on more. Do you have anything to add or anything that you want to mention about this guy? Because I know you like this guy a lot as well. He's he's very good, but um, I've noticed in certain games he's too attracted to maybe getting the big hit uh, and forcing the ball out, which actually causes him to whiff on a couple, couple tackles. Um, obviously, he's playing with a great safety tandem at TCU. They're, they're supremely talented but it's the same problem I had with Devin White Jamal Adams and a couple of other guys who were like I know Devin White's not safety but those guys who switch from other positions and he, he sort of he, he tries to go for the big hit and the fumble rather than the safe tackle and getting a guy down sometimes which I think could just be immaturity from some some level of players they want that big hit they want that big highlight reel they want NFL teams to take notice I think just sometimes his decision making could be questionable in that aspect and maybe you should just wrap a guy up but it's like so he played corner in high school and he's very good as a slot safety like very very good even if he does does sometimes lack the speed to keep up with elite receivers I think he's a very good safety but I don't actually think he's the best safety at TCU yeah, we were we were thinking about including Darius Washington, the other guy who you're referring to, but with him being a redshirt sophomore, maybe next year, maybe if he comes out. But you know, if he declares, obviously we'll cover him later down the line. But yeah, no, they, they have a very, very good tandem at safety, which um yeah, it's great for a, a team like TCU that, you know, especially in the big twelve defensive backs and defensive players in general don't don't generally come from there. So yeah, no one to watch for the future for sure, whether we'll do that later down the line or not. Um but yeah, Andy finishes off with the first roundup for um this first sort of handful of safety that we're going through. 
Yeah, I must say, uh, everyone's obviously done their research over Christmas at very good uh, breakdowns this weekend, enjoying <laughs> it. But uh, maybe we should all give up our jobs and, and do this full time, eh? <laughs> Thanks, um, Andy. No worries, mate. All good, all good, mate. Um, yeah, I've gone for uh, Andre Sisko, uh, Syracuse. Um, massive fan. Uh, I've been watching him for quite a while, obviously, uh, as an ACC guy. Um, he's out of IMG Academy in Florida, which is obviously one of the top-ranked high schools in the country. So a lot of... Um, uh, yeah, a lot of, um, you know, background heritage there to, to, to give him a, a, a good push forward. Um, he declared in October uh, after suffering the season-ending neck injury, which I'll come on to in, in the cons section of this uh, in this bit. But, um, yeah, interestingly, his best season for me um, was his, his first season uh, as, a, as a starter, 2018, 13 games played, uh, seven INTs, nine passes defended, uh, and really just getting around the... Uh, around the board but uh, but yeah he's a very very good ball hawk he's for, for me probably the best ball hawk in the class um, NCA double A uh, INT leader coming in to the year uh, very versatile very comfortable at free safety as the as the ball hawk tag would suggest but also love the aggression when he comes up in the box and is a strong safety and also played nickel corner a lot of college as well so he's, he's capable of taking the tight end out of the game um just to, to a certain degree and I, I can only see nfl teams exploiting that a bit more as well um spends a lot of time with his eyes in the backfield uh, I'm, I'm not entirely sure whether i'm going to class that as a pro or a con to start with, but he reads the field really well from the free safety position, um, moves up sharply to make plays on the football. Uh, and overall, he's just very aggressive, uh, hits very hard. Uh, again, I'll, I'll come on to that slightly in the con section as well, but one that you just can't deny that he really comes to to, to play good, solid football. Uh, and I'm just a massive fan. I think he's uh, he's one of the best in the class, if, if not the best for me. Uh, cons that the injury thing does kind of slightly worry me. I think the neck this year comes as part of that aggressiveness, that hard hitting uh, nature. And he's also missed time with a lower body injury, which I'm, I'm obviously not as uh, not as worried about, to be honest. The, the, the real problem for me with Cisco and the thing that's going to limit him uh, is the open field tackling ability, which obviously Lee's kind of set out as the main thing he's looking for, or one of the main things he's looking for. He bounces off opponents when he's trying to hit them too hard. Uh, those guys with the contact balance are just going to uh, shrug him off uh, occasionally. So obviously not what you want as the last line of defence. Also, there's a bit of... Um, You'll, you'll notice the theme of this with a couple of guys I'm, I'm going to cover today, but there's also, he takes a bad angle when he's trying to play the run game, comes up uh, off the edge and, and just gets beat with, a, with an easy move from the running back. Uh, and that's going to really like, you know, just it's no point in being on the, on the field unless he sorts that out in blitz playing. Uh, so yeah, a couple of small things to work on there, but all in all, I'm a big fan uh, I'm a bit nervous with the with the injury this year. That neck injury is never good for someone who plays their game on on that hard hitting style. But um, I haven't seen anything to to kind of make it a massive thing for me yet. Anyway, yeah, it's a theme, isn't it? From all the safeties that we're looking at, they want that big hit. They want that high highlight real play. But just do your job. <laughs> that's it. That's it. <laughs> Yeah, but I, I think uh, previous weeks as well obviously talked about um, kind of the, the leadership attitude off the field as well, and you get that from him. Um, I think that's one of the things that the that the top high schools give you, isn't it, really? They, they give you a bit more exposure, and from an early age, he's been in front of a microphone, been in front of a camera, and after that 2018 season, he's kind of the, the leader on the defensive side of the ball and, and often speaks. So, yeah, big fan of that. Um, 
I'm, I'm struggling. I, what I'm really impressed with this year is, that is the quality of people that we're, we're covering in terms of being put in front of a mic and, and talking football as well. It's it's been harder to find ones that aren't that impressive at that rather than are, which I think is like a change in the game over the last 10 years or so. People are just becoming a lot more comfortable with the the, the world that they live in and, and operate in. Mm. A bit of media training and, and things like that, I guess. Um, also, I guess it's a bit more comfortable for young guys now to be in front of a camera because of social media and things like that, I guess. That's so it, yeah. It could be something like that, I don't know. But maybe uh, something that wasn't around, obviously, a few years ago and you probably might not have said this as much about about some other guys that have come out in the past. Yeah, for sure. Interesting. You and uh, you and Kieran, I want to talk about another guy. Andy, we'll start off with you because obviously he plays for your college team. Yeah, that sounds good. I'll, Kieran, I'll, I'll leave most of it to you. For, that's your guy, mate. Me, Hamza Nazir Dean, um, another guy that's just come back off an injury, um, four-year player for for the for, for, for FSU, but um, good, fantastic starter as a sophomore, went on to really step it up in his junior season, 101 tackles, two at INTs, three forced fumbles, and two tackles for a loss. I'm a big fan, but um, I think the injury... Um, is a bit more worrying for this one. ACL tear last year and then re-aggravated it this year. Didn't like, really seem to get back to, to full fitness at all and obviously uh, played two, two games at the end of the season but didn't really look in his, his normal self. So he'll be really hoping that the senior ball does him a favour. Uh, Kieran, I'll flip to you for attributes. Let's just be honest. You look at the guy, he's absolutely massive. He could put on probably maybe 10, 15 pounds when he takes to the NFL. But I think... He's very fluid in the way he moves, hips. I know you guys are going to have a laugh about that. Um, but what I do like is when he attacks downhill, he's very, very quick and he's not afraid to pull the trigger, which can sometimes lead to him getting taken out when uh, a receiver or even running back jumps to the second level. But that that's something that can, can be coached out. He's very good in the pursuit and a very, like, very very keen nose for the football he's one of those players who always seems to know where the football is and he can even drop down and play in the slot now obviously Andy mentioned the knee injury that could cause some issues when he's playing coverage he might not be able to keep up or turn as quick as other players but he has enough physical weapons to to where when he gets to the NFL people can coach certain habits out of him like I said he is very quick uh, and it, uh, and pulling the trigger and running downhill at people. Uh, but he plays well in the box as well. If I was going to liken him to an NFL comparison right now, I'd probably actually liken him to Jamal Adams because he gets put in blitz a lot. Well, when he was playing uh, much and when he finds himself in what like 1v1 situations, uh, he doesn't have a plan to beat um, receivers so he can get burned downfield. But I think if you're looking for a guy who's going to play like Jamal Adams and you're going to be out of stack in the box, set pressure on the quarterback or even maybe stop a runner before they get to the next level. He's ideal for that because he's big, he hits hard. And despite the obvious injuries, if he can, you know, keep healthy and you know, work on making sure he's not going to get these injuries again. I think he can be great. I also think he could play linebacker. That's that's the crazy thing about these safeties now. They're ridiculous hybrid players. Like we mentioned about Isaiah Simmons. He could have been a first-round safety and no one would have batted an eyelid. That's how, how versatile he is. And I think this guy... Uh, 
I'm not going to try and pronounce his name again, um, but he is that guy who could very easily play linebacker if he wanted to, which is why I liken him to Jamal Adams. He He's versatile, and even though he doesn't quite fit the stereotypical um, mold for like a quick NFL safety, he could definitely be that. And like the biggest issue is the knee injury, because I don't know how it's going to uh, uh, affect his uh, first step, because a lot of these guys, especially the Jamal Adams, have that elite first step to where they can beat anyone who's pressing them against the line. So, you know, if he keeps healthy, I think he's going to be a very, very solid safety in the NFL. His nose for the ball just is unreal. You see safeties with sort of like a instinct. And I think he's one of those sort of guys like a Grant Delpit sort of dude who maybe didn't go as high on the draft as he needed to. But when the ball, he's always around the ball somehow. He's always in that, in in the conversation sorry i haven't had my morning coffee um yeah but he is a very physical tackler as well so um this this is what i like about him i keep going back to jamal adams because jamal adams is probably one of my favorite safeties ever but he he's sort of a mix between that i wouldn't i wouldn't compare him to like a tyron matthew anything because he's not as great in coverage but if you need a guy who's gonna hit big and he's very What's the word? Cerebral. He can read an offense really well and he knows what's going on. And he's seen him play, I think, more than anyone in this group. Very, very strong player. And I think, yeah, in it injury or no, I think he's a top pick in this draft. Yeah, I completely agree. I think the uh, only thing that you've, you you might have slightly missed out there is the the kind of speed, which again, knee injuries, uh, knee injuries a problem there. But in, in coverage, he just gets across and uh, latches onto the slot receiver so well, and and this like long frame just breaks the passes up. Um, so that that kind of game's fantastic. Uh, and my comp- comparison is just very easy and very boring, but just Doe and James. I think that they play the same role at FSU. Um, not as good, but um, he'll be there and thereabouts in a couple of years with a bit of development, no doubt at all. Yeah, very very attractive ball of clay that he could be in the NFL. I agree with what, what, a lot of what you said about becoming a linebacker and just having that versatile piece, and he's been groomed in that way, like you say, doing James-esque in that deployment at FSU, for sure. Um, one very, very quick uh, issue that I think Liam wanted to raise. Liam, you're starting off a little bit of a thread that you've been doing all the way through uh, the draft season since it's begun, and you've recently started a safety one. You wanted to bring up one of the guys that you and I actually really like as well. Yeah, I've got um, we got um, positional thread. I've got positional threads going on all the positions now. The first guy I uh, started uh, the safety thread with uh, was uh, Richard LeCount out of Georgia. And I just wanted to uh, just bring him in quickly because I think he's he's going to be one of the top guys um, in the the class. Uh, like a quick pros and cons thing. I, I really like how he's. Uh, uh, how he, how Georgia play him? They just play him as like single high safety. Just let him, just kind of watch the fields, and he moves really nicely across the field. He can um, make pass breakups, interceptions really easily. Um, experienced player as well. Georgia, he's had uh, so many starts over the last three years for Georgia. Um, running speed uh, could be better. That's something he needs to work on. Um, close coverage and uh, blitzing things that he can work on but it's not really his style he's definite uh, NFL free safety has that uh, way of just being able to sit deep and just read plays and um, yeah just does it really really well and I, I think I'm really leaning towards having him really near the top in the 
safety rankings when we get there. So I really wanted to bring him in for that reason. Yeah, hundred percent. I watched him actually this afternoon on uh, after we talked about it yesterday, and uh, yeah, I completely agree. He was a safety that I really enjoyed watching, and a safety that can tackle as well from that deep position comes downhill really well. Yeah, and he can. My attention with that, the fact that he was pretty solid in that regard, and there wasn't a great deal that I didn't like about him. To be honest, I think like you say, in terms of the athlete, maybe he's not that elite level athlete that really takes him down that next tier, but solid, solid player. Like you say, super experienced as well, which gives him points in my system as well. Yeah, he's interesting. Like, uh, I agree, he's not um, like the the best athlete in the class. Like I say, running speed and uh, and that are kind of somewhere he needs to work on. But he's always in position to make plays. So they just let him sit back there, and mm. he's that kind of that read and react. He's uh, obviously that football IQ is really high with him. That's how he gets into position, makes plays, and he's been making plays uh, for the Bulldogs for a few years now. Plenty of um, experience. I, I think teams will really like him. He's just a he's just a NFL ready free safety in my eyes. Yeah, I think so. So yeah, no, really good roundup there. Really, like I said, and you said some great roundups from the lot of us there. Um, some really you know good names and good guys to look out for in this safety class. Maybe not one elite doing James Jamal Adams talent, but some good guys that you're going to get able to get in day two and beyond. I think so. Yeah, um, maybe you know thinking about beyond day two. Now let's move into our sleepers. Uh, Andy, yeah, you're going to start us off because I know you've got to go fairly soon. So why don't you kick us off with your sleeper and then you're going to drop off. Yeah, sure, mate. Um, I'm going to stick in Florida in uh, UCF uh, in Orlando. Uh, Richie Grant, uh, who is the redshirt senior um, four-year player for the Knights. I'm a big fan uh, in one aspect and I'm not a fan at all in another aspect, which I think will really limit um, his draft potential but I think a team will pick him up and, and play him because of the uh, the pros that he's got um he's clearly a free safety I, I'm not even contemplating winning playing him up in the box for reasons I'll get onto very shortly but good track record stats wise uh, again good um good sophomore year 108 tackles six INTs and and you know it's been there or thereabouts uh, ever since and he's had a good year this year three INTs and 72 tackles in limited games for UCF um he's, a, he's another ball hawk uh, very much in the same vein as, as Cisco as I mentioned earlier that he tracks the ball incredibly well if you watch the all 22 on him just gets uh, you know follows the ball in the air gets his hands on it um, if it's in the vicinity I, I don't think I've seen I, I don't think I, I watched a safety there's much tape like getting his hands in and, and, and winning uh, contested catches or or knocking down um, easy catches for the for the wide receivers in the in the deep uh, of the field. But the, the main thing that really impressed me with his body control, uh, particularly in the red zone. I, I really enjoy how he won't be covered. He won't be in coverage but his body control alone will like force the quarterback to go elsewhere. So it's getting his hips around and pushing the, the, like the X receiver, um, you know, towards the, towards the, the back of the end zone and just forcing him out of contention and, and the quarterback then has to panic and go through his reads and, and that throws it off a lot. So that was, that was, for me, was really impressive. And, and, you know, using the hips there again, we always have to get that in now. I think every review has to, has to use the hips for Kieran, but um yeah, I genuinely think the pass pass coverage is one of the best in the league. Again, his speed and his um, his ability to track the ball allows minimal separation, uh, and even when uh, someone gets past him, he's quick enough to catch up um, and make the tackle. And the, the the one point I'll make on the kind of short game which he does really well is blow up the screen. If it's obvious where the screen pass is coming, he's first to the ball gets the powerful tackle in and, and gets those tackles for a loss uh, nice and early. Um, 
there is just a massive con and it's, it's, it's like it's, it's so glaringly obvious that, that someone who, who didn't even like the NFL would look at it and think this is, this is really bad and that's his ability to play the run um, takes the wrong angles struggles to bring uh, running backs down or the more powerful running backs down in one-on-one uh, matchups uh, and he just isn't great in pursuit once they get past him he doesn't really get around very quickly and, and, and track them down so for, for me, like the first thing I just thought was that NFL teams are going to just put him in for obvious passing situations. I mean, th- this guy's going to take a lot of work to, to, to get to a, a starting position. But I think that the fact that his pass coverage is so good and his like ball tracking ability is so good that, that he will find a place on a roster and albeit probably on special teams to start with and then, and then see where it goes from there. Yeah, just very briefly because I know you don't have much time but do you think that really limits him to maybe like a cover three scheme that you can just sit in the middle of the field and not have to play the run as much as you you would do in a you know more diverse scheme or cover two scheme and how far do you think that'll knock him down the boards considering that he has this pretty glaring you know weakness in, in the run game yeah, I mean, I can see him going uh, seventh round as a kind of flyer or undrafted, but I can actually see him making it, making the roster, as you say, to play that kind of cover three sort of thing. I mean, I, I really wouldn't mind him on my fins because uh, the amount that we drop like six men into coverage and um, use like Eric Rowe on the uh, on the tight ends and that sort of thing just makes makes me feel like there's definitely a role for him um, just to sit back there you're up you're up big and you just want to see the game out by but not giving up big chunk plays is, is your man to, to put in there but yeah I think like you say it's going to really limit him There's, it's one of those like things where you don't know whether it's is, is he worried about the hard hitting of the running backs is, you, is like you know surely there's a way you can work on the on the taking the right angle to to, to, to to play them but there's just not been a lot of improvement at all on take right through from 2018 to now yeah, um, maybe beef him up and, and yeah, like you say, get some coaching in there. But you know, like I say, he's got, I think he's got enough in the passing game that he'll land on a roster and and you know maybe have a, a developmental kind of upside in the league for someone who has got a good couple of safeties anyway. Yeah, for sure. And on that note, I'll uh, I'll drop out. But uh, speak to you later, lads. Bye bye. Who should I come to next? Who wants to go next? Who wants their sleeper out first? <laughs> Rob straight in there. Really keen on this safety stuff, mate. We're change, changing you by the second, I feel. Yep, I'm a defensive guy now. <laughs> Glad to have you on board. <laughs> no, there's not enough stats in defensive work. I can't do it. <laughs> yeah, go for it. Give us your, give us your sleeper. Uh, I am going to talk to you about... Uh, an interesting sleeper from from the Mid Tennessee Blue, sorry, the Mid Tennessee State Blue Raiders. Um, this guy is called Reed Blankenship. No, um, no relative to uh, the future goat, uh, <laughs> Rodrigo Blankenship. Hot Rod, respect um, the, the indie kicker. Not no relationship, but um, a, a weird surname. They have, you know, Blankenship is one of those that mm. you'd think they'd be related, wouldn't you? Yeah, I was really disappointed that I realised when they weren't related at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, nonetheless, uh, he's a 6'1", 169 pounds, which is exactly the same as Javon Holland, by the way. Um, safety uh, out of uh, the Blue Raiders. Uh, three-star recruit, went to West Limestone High School in Alabama. Um, had offers from Illinois, Georgia State, Southern Miss. This guy has got an engine. He is all over the field he's so good to watch um he's really 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 good to watch and that's probably his main pro to be honest is the fact that he's here he's there he's every where um it's, it's great it's great to see um yeah uh, high level versatility um 
he improved in consistency uh, from 2009 uh, in 2019 before unfortunately breaking his leg, which saw him, saw him out the rest of the season and probably hampered him um, on a return this season, to be quite honest. Um, statistically, 2018, he had a cracking season. He was uh, the number three, uh, sorry, the number two safety uh, for solo tackles, uh, number three safety with overall tackles. Um, uh, and he was in the top 20 for, for interceptions as well. So he had a really good statistical season in 2018. 2019, before his leg break, he was on pace to do exactly the same thing. Uh, he was on pace for the same amount of solo tackles. Uh, and 2019, like I, sorry, 2020 this year, uh, like I said, recovering from that from that leg break, um, the stats have, have taken a bit of a back step, not too much. Uh, I think total tackles, he was still, um, I, I, he's played nine games this year, but you usually played 12, of course, because of the stricter rules and regs this year, the shorter schedule. Um, so had he been playing a 12-game season, he'd have been on pace to, to go over 100 tackles again this, this year as well. So statistically... Uh, he's been fantastic uh, for, for for mid to Tennessee. Um, he, the best, it's my favourite trait of his, my favourite pro of his, um, is, is is reading of the quarterback's eyes. And I watched quite a bit of tape of the game against FAU, um, and he he just he just had a second sense about where the ball was going to go. And it was great to see there was one play in particular that he'd lined up on the sort of the right side of the field. And as the ball was snapped, he could read the eyes of the quarterback so well. The ball was a swing pass to the to the quarterback's right, so his left, and he went all the way across the field and got to the running uh, the the wide receiver before he even broke the plane. You know that he, he he's got that good instincts, and he could read the quarterback's eyes so well that it really does. Those are the things that you can't teach. And the thing that I've found whilst doing my research on Blankenship was he has got some cons. Now, the three cons that I've sort of flagged up being the biggest one is tackling consistency. Um, he needs to improve on man coverage uh, and his hip work needs to be better. Uh, it needs to be more fluid. Now, those three things are very coachable at the NFL level. The natural instincts, the natural talent and ability, he's got tons of it. And I'll go back to the pros. He's got a smooth redirection. He's not a perfect tackler, but when he does tackle, it's a strong tackler, a very heavy hitter. Uh, he's got good range in deep zones and he's got great ball skills as well. So there, there are a lot of pros there, which, like I said, I'll, I'll go back to what I just said. They are sort of what I would say non, non-coachable traits. And he's got those. The things that he lacks can easily be fixed, especially in the pros. So we're talking about a, rece- uh, a receiver, a, a safety that's going to go very late in the draft. Day three, probably sixth, seventh round, I imagine. If not later, he might even go undrafted. This is a guy that could be a project guy that you could stick in for one or two years, even on a practice squad. Preferably not, preferably in with the team, but he'll learn so much. And these little things that can be improved will be improved. And all of a sudden, you've got a bargain down at the sixth, seventh round of your draft because it's a player that can play. He's got NFL qualities about him. Um so yeah, it's the durability is a question because of the broken leg. But like I said, he's played nine games this year off the broken leg. So I don't know whether the, I think he's probably ticked that box already. To be quite honest, um, but no, he's one to one to look out for. I say a few few little knocks that can be ironed out. But as a sleeper, pure and pure sleeper, he's going to be a late a late day three a, a day three guy, a late pick, um, and has got some some great traits that that could translate into the pros. 
Yeah, I think you're bang on, to be honest. I think coming from that low um, sort of level of football or lower level of football conference USA, maybe would have been seen as a bigger knock, but there's been a lot of um, sort of lower level division, even division two safeties. I know Kieran sat on our podcast with us today with Kyle Duga. And obviously we had Jeremy Chin, who's defensive player of the year candidate or defensive rookie of the year candidate. So it's not going to be as big of a deal, I don't think, for these guys anymore. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I was I was going to mention that actually that the two sort of standouts from the last couple of years have, have been a sort of lower conference players, and, and this is exactly him. But yeah, he's a he's a good sleeper. Um, so whoever picks him up is going to have a, a decent player on their hands. One that mm. like I said could be a project guy, but has got it ticks a lot of boxes for for translating to NFL. It's going to be good to see. Absolutely, Kieran, you wanted to come in on that one. I agree with Rob. Kid's IQ is absolutely insane. And yeah, there is a problem with his tackling, but we see in a good like uh, number of plays for this kid, they'll essentially play him like as a linebacker and make him take on linemen that are trying to climb to the second level. Uh, and he'll sort of um, stay, he tries to stay square to the line, even while linemen are trying to seal him off and create gaps for run plays. And you see with like the patience and the eyes he have, he will literally stay square to the line stop linemen from coming up to seal him off, pick a gap, and then blow up a running back by jumping through that gap, which I think is very, very impressive, like, IQ-wise. There's not a lot of players who can diagnose a play that quickly. Um, yeah. I, not, I'm not necessarily saying at smaller schools this doesn't happen often, but at college it's hard for guys to sort of diagnose these sort of plays. So it's really great for him to do uh, see him do stuff like that because it shows a level of intelligence that some NFL players don't even have yet. Yeah, I think the the, the game that I watched most intently was the the Florida um, the FAU game, um, and it was. The kid, he was like 15, 20 yards off the ball all game, but it doesn't matter where the play went. He was he was the guy on the screen at the end of the play. You know, he's just got that natural ability to read a player. I loved watching that. That was a really, he's got some great tape. So I do urge anyone who wants to see a decent sleeper in the DBs this year to, to look at his tape because he's exciting to watch. Yeah, I'd agree with both you guys there. Yeah, he's, a, he's like you say, going to be that small school guy that gets a lot of attention come draft season. And yeah, getting there early. Like I say you got there before before anyone else. Um, but yeah, no, really nice, a small school guy. Uh, Kim, we'll come to you, come back to you for your your sleeper um, for, for the next one. Fans, but he's actually from the fake DBU. Remember last year, Texas uh, decided to welcome LSU into their stadium by wearing shirts saying, we're the real DBU. And uh, we all know how that ended. Sam Ellinger threw a few picks that game. But we're going to get to this Texas player's Caden Stearns. Uh, Just because I haven't heard him talked about as much as I necessarily think he should have been, given some of the things he does, we'll start with what he does right. I'm going to say it again, hips, which allows him to move very loosely uh, around the field. He can work in coverage, uh, in both man and zone I think he finds comfort in both he can work well with both I think he's better at zone but I think we find that with a lot of safeties they are better at staying in zones than they are in man coverage but he can uh, do both uh, but when he is in man coverage his hips really make the difference for him because he can turn on a dime and really shadow receive as well if you have him in the slot he's also 
very, very good at allowing the eyes of quarterbacks to sort of, you know, he reads the eyes of a quarterback very well. He sort of knows where the ball is going to be before the quarterback even does at some points. Although he is aggressive, he actually knows how to deliver some very hard hits to receivers without it being considered targeting. He knows how to lower the helmet into the chest or the shoulder pads and not get those very, you know, and not get ejected from games as we see from a lot of big tacklers in college, just from that weird hit. Like, oh, he hit the side of my helmet, kick him out of the game. That's, you know, that's neither here nor there. I don't like how he runs downhill. He's not super speedy uh, or anything. And he, he does have trouble. Um, if a, if a guy beats him over the top, he can't recover very well. That's what I don't like. You see some guys who can sort of recover when they get beat or if they lose a step, they can get beat. I don't see that in Stearns. But again, that's something that's coachable. There's a lot of guys who at college lose upon a guy and shit the bed. Uh, sorry. Uh, and now you see guys in the NFL who lose a step and recover very well because they know the things uh, they need to do. I think he needs to bulk up a little bit because I know he's six foot two ten, but to be a safety in the NFL, I think you need to be a little bit bigger. 220, 230, I think is the perfect weight for him to be. It might kill a bit of his speed, but if you can work on the recoveries and stuff that I just mentioned, that's going to be working to his um, advantage in the NFL, despite the extra weight. Um, I like that he's always, if he is in coverage, he's, you know, he's always got his eye on the ball. He's always trying to make a play work and he's always, he's always fighting to break a pass out or pop a ball out of a ball carrier's hands. He's just an incredible talent. But like I said, the cons of his game are that he, you know, he does um, lose a step sometimes and he doesn't know how to recover from that. And also he, he kind of like, he gets lost if he has to blitz. We'll see him come up against like a big um, blocker and he just doesn't know what to do. He doesn't have the agility to hit him with a swim uh, uh, move. And obviously he's not big enough to bull rush, which is why I think this extra muscle would do him a benefit because then he can just blow past linemen essentially. Uh, but yeah, I think he's a, he's probably a round three, four guy. I mean, if I'm being optimistic, but then again, last year when Logan Wilson, a linebacker out of Wyoming, was coming into the draft, a lot of people had him sixth round. And I said, no, he could probably go in the third round. And what do you know? Got picked up in the third round by the Cincinnati Bengals. Not say I'm a, I'm a genius, but do think cool things do happen. Um, yeah, I, I think this guy could easily get picked up in, in round three. I would actually like to see the Patriots take a... a a pick on this guy because even though we've got Kyle Duggar and stuff we've got guys like Patrick Chung and Devin McCourty and we don't know what's happening with them and I think the physicality he plays with uh, and working in a system like what Bill Belichick had would lead him to being potentially a pro bowl safety yeah definitely I completely agree with that you actually took my question out of my mouth that I was going to ask you where you thought he would get drafted but you've already answered that so we'll move on yeah no really good review and yeah completely agree that Texas not even close not even top five DBU I would say <laughs> just it's a podcast look, it's better to be verbal look, about it rather than just shake your head for the visually impaired <laughs> i shook my head that's everyone because we're audio only but yeah lsu is dbu and if you disagree i will fight you in an arby's parking lot at 2 a.m in baton rouge <laughs> yeah answers in a postcard for that one uh, quickly moving on before we get too many answers coming in. Uh, Liam, talk to, talk to us about your sleeper, should I say? 
yeah, I'm um, I'm really happy to be talking about this guy. This guy's going to be one of my guys uh, in the draft. He's been one of my favourite players uh, for a couple of years, and uh, kind of interesting kind of take on a sleeper in that I'm not going to go like as as deep as I have before or as deep into day three as uh, what Rob did. I think this guy uh, is solid day two. But, um, uh, my sleeper is James Wiggins from Cincinnati. Um, he's been, as I say, one of my favourite players in, in college for a, a couple of years. Uh, so really happy to be talking about him. Um, I'll start off with uh, just the, the measurement. He's about six foot, approximately 205 pounds. Um, from Miami, Florida, and originally committed to play college football at the U uh, for Miami before um, switching to Cincinnati. Um, apparently uh, convinced uh, at the qualities of uh, Luke Fickle, which... Uh, is something we've talked about um, this year, how good they've been, how good he's been as a coach. Um, really good uh, sophomore year in uh, 2018, uh, which is when uh, I first started to see him and started to really enjoy his game. Four picks uh, on his stat line, two of which were game winners, clinched uh, a game with a one-yard line pick against Ohio and had an 86-yard pick six to beat SMU in overtime. Um like I say, that, that was the first year that I really started to take notice of him. Um, he has the air of a defensive leader about him. Um, he was uh, wore the number 32 jersey uh, for a couple of years. And then this season, uh, given the number one jersey uh, on his return uh, as a red shirt junior. Um, he, there's a, a theme of uh, guys missing seasons due to injury amongst all our guys. And uh, Wiggins is the same. Um, after that good 2018 season, he missed the whole of 2019 uh, with a, a torn ACL, um, where, as I say, as a fan of him, I was gutted. Uh, but then uh, came back uh, this season and uh, has been named to the All-American team uh, by The Athletic. Um, smooth player on tape. One of the things I just like about him, he's, he's just a watchable guy. I see, kind of see him really as a free safety um, but he's he's kind of all over the place on the secondary for Cincinnati. But like I say, just really smooth uh, on tape, um, really good in all coverages. They've played him in the nickel. They've played him uh, in a range of uh, uh, formations uh, on that defense. Uh, they obviously trust him, uh, as I say, as kind of like the leader and the, the older head in that secondary. Um, he can come up in run support too. There's some really nice highlights uh, this season, uh, especially a um, few tackles for losses. The Memphis game comes to mind um, on how, during Cincy's unbeaten year that they've had this year. They, he's made some really good plays at key moments. Um, really, really good athlete. Um, always, always seems to be in position. Can obviously read a game, but it's obviously quick enough uh, to be in position too. Um, some areas to improve. I guess there's been a little knock on him uh, that he hasn't been able to build on that 2018 production. Uh, this season, he's not made as many plays that really jump out at you. Not many of those sort of plays that really change games and change drives. Um, but still there and still uh, still making uh, like the, the plays that are required, um, just maybe not as consistently stat-wise. Um, ball skills can probably improve. Um, we've had a few guys already on this podcast that have played receiver and have obviously got really strong hands. Um, he can kind of miss on a few of those. 
um, can look a little bit awkward in tackling. I think that's just uh, something that can be coachable. I think that it's just um, technique um, and just solid, solid plan. Like I say, he's going to be one of my guys this year. He's been one of my favourite safeties for a while. He's he's going to be considered uh, for me by the time we get to um, the end of the whole process, uh, still in the kind of top handful at the position, um, even if that is more of a kind of heart overhead um, pick. Um, I just think he's got a lot to give for the next level. And uh, yeah, to James Wiggins, definitely my sleeper. Mm, yeah, really good charge. I've got him on my list to watch quite soon. Um, and I had one to get in all the guys that we were looking at today, but he's another name that was pretty high up on my list as well. So not a guy that's getting a lot of buzz though. I think you'd agree. Not enough it's anyway. It's the reason why I had have him under sleeper. Like I say, it's he's not one of those guys. I expect him to be long. I expect him to be gone by day three. And that's um, like me being like less of a, of a fan of his and being a bit more reserved. I still think he's, he's day two and I don't think he's getting enough. Um, recognition which is kind of why I see still think of him as a sleeper I think that he's 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 a solid NFL starter in waiting mm, yeah I think so I think I'm looking forward to watching him even more now after that little run down Liam so yeah thank you for that uh, I'm going to finish off then with my sleeper and um, I'm just going to go to the big 12 and I've got uh, going to Oklahoma State which is not a again talking about the big 12 as I did earlier not the sort of team that's sort of known for their defensive uh, players um, but yeah, anyway, back into the, the back into the present. I'm going to be talking about um, Hol- Colby Harvell Peel, uh, one of two good saves actually. Another pairing in Texas. Um, you know, we talked about TCU earlier. They've got Trey Sterling as well, who is another guy who I want to watch more in depth. I, I chose to watch uh, Colby Harvell Peel, and and I was very very impressed actually. He went straight in at uh, safety three after watching a couple of the top guys that we mentioned in the first half of the program. Um, so as you said, Liam, not really a sleeper by, you know, the draft position that I have him at. I just think it's more from the sort of buzz point of view and I don't see anyone talking about him, but a player that really, really impressed me as I watched him, he actually got relegated to safety four for me after I watched Richard LeCount earlier on today, um, who went fairly comfortably above him, I'd say quite comfortably safety three with the Javon Holland and Trevor Morig. Um, it's on my one and two. Um, the other way around, though, as I mentioned earlier. But anyway, on to, on to Col- Colby Harvell Peel, um, a guy who actually grew up in Texas A&M country um, from College Station, Texas, but never actually got an offer from them, so went to Oklahoma, um, which kind of reminds me of the journey that Baker Mayfield went on, really, from Texas going to Oklahoma, kind of against the grain for a Texas boy. Um, but a multi-sport athlete in, in high school, so he played uh, track, didn't play track, not play track, do you? He'd run track. And also football as well, uh, but a sprinter, which you can tell is good straight line speed for uh, Harvell Peel, and um, also played wide receiver as well, which is a bit of a theme, you know, with what we've been talking about our versatility and, you know, getting those hands on the football early on, being comfortable sort of going and, and tacking the football. And I feel like it's a, you know, it's really prominent in this game and really sort of obvious that that is there for a lot of these guys that kind of played two ways in high school. Um, but no, really, really impressed by this guy. Versatile player that can rotate deep and also play in the box. Um, sent on the blitz sometimes, not not often, I would say. But, um, you know, he, they kind of do it with him. Um, he is stiff, though, and he's not super quick. And that is the point that really, really limits him for me. I was saying to Liam yesterday that if this guy was quicker and if he was a bit more athletic in terms of his hips and fluidity, change direction, those things that I talked about right at the top of the program, and also the thing that we you know, mentioned about these guys, this guy would you know push Morek as my safety one because I think he's that good 
he is an effective tackler. And I think he's going to be a really, really strong player at the NFL level. I think maybe you know, can get him some yoga lessons, which I was joking in our conversation with Liam earlier. Um, we mentioned Mike Gundy booking some yoga lessons and getting these guys, getting some flexibility in their hips and ankles and things like that. And if you can do that in, in the pros, I know you get these guys like Tom Brady. I know it's, you know, an age old kind of thing that kind of preach pliability, flexibility, yoga, you know, looking after yourself. If you can get them early and they'll get this flexibility, this guy is going to take off. I'm telling you, he can play through um, blockers. He's a high school sprinter, as I mentioned. He's got great intelligence, can read a defense a little bit like Moreg earlier on, always directing traffic, his, his teammates around uh, of the defense. And um, I think you can see that in his, in his game. Um, you know, better in zone than man, uh, but really good technique to look after a couple of tight ends um, in the Big 12. You mentioned Charlie Cola from Iowa State. Looked after him really nice in the 2019 game against Iowa State. And, um, you know, we, as we mentioned, Charlie Cole is not the most athletic tight end, as we mentioned last week. But, you know, Harville Peel really looked after him, got a couple of pass deflections um, on Charlie Cole and kind of looked him up a little bit, which was really nice. And he does attack the ball with aggression while it's in the air, which is one thing that I really liked from him. He, yeah, comes down hill and attacks the ball as it's in the air and kind of gets those pass deflections as well. In terms of production, he's been relatively productive um, in terms of tackling. Got 71 tackles last season, uh, all told, with a couple of tackles for loss and a sack. Got five interceptions and a couple of forced fumbles as well. So a very, very productive season indeed in his sophomore season last year as a junior. Um, it's been kind of down a little bit, but obviously it's a shortened season. Only a couple of interceptions and uh, a couple of tackles for loss and one sack again. So yeah, a player that I really, really like in terms of his negative then flipping over to the other side of the ball. As I mentioned, kind of all centers around fluidity of movement and you know just just being an athlete, to be honest with you, you know, he's got that straight line speed, what doesn't have that change of direction, kind of a classic sprinter um, kind of profile, really, in terms of that. Um, but yeah, if, if like I say, it's all uh, fixable, I think, in, in terms of his training, if he can get that kind of different type of training rather than just lifting weights, if he can kind of uh, get some flexibility training and get some yoga in him, I think, like I say, he's going to take off at the next level. So a really good football player, understands the game, understands his role and is really aggressive. Um, coming downhill and yeah fantastic football player that I feel like will be off the board in day two um, but not garnering any sort of attention or not as much attention as I would think. Kevin you had your hand up there just as I was going through that have you got something to say about this guy? So I think this is maybe a bigger case for safeties than other defensive positions especially if people don't watch as much college football as we do but like you said in terms of production the good the weird thing about safeties is they're almost they're almost like linemen, uh, offensive linemen. Is you don't notice them when they're doing their job correctly, mm. because they are there essentially to add a second level to to shut down quarterback deep passes and stuff. So a lot of these guys sometimes when they're doing the job correctly, the quarterback's still completing a pass, but it's maybe a checkdown or maybe you know a very small completion that's not getting to the second level, which is is why you've got a lot watch a lot of tape with these guys because you know. They could essentially be from what you're seeing if you're only watching the game out of the play. But then if you actually break down a play and see it correctly from like a different angle, you can see that he's read the quarterback's eyes, the quarterback's in where the safety is and the safety's played what he is doing perfectly. And um, that that's where the lack of production comes in sometimes. And a little bugbear actually, by the way, I have with uh, pro football focus, especially with their NFL grading of safeties is they will grade safeties as giving up a catch if they are just the closest player to the court ball, even if it's not their assignment. So you got to be like, you need to 
if you if you're evaluating them, you want to watch a lot of defensive coverages so you know what their assignment is, because it might look like they've blown an assignment, but they're actually perfectly on course for what they should be doing. So I think that's something that's a little bit harder to grade with safeties. Yeah, I'd agree. And you, it's really difficult to assess safeties off broadcast tape as well. You need that access to all 22, which is difficult and obviously pretty finite resource out there. So, um, yeah, it's obviously really difficult because you don't get that sort of impression of the whole thing. And often they're off the screen as well, aren't they? So um, obviously difficult in some in some senses to, to do it properly, really. Um, but no, I think it's been a really good show. I think we've managed to get quite a lot of um, good points out about a lot of good players, actually. You know, we've got some really good sleepers, some strong sleepers as well that we expect to go a little bit later than, uh, sorry, a little bit earlier than what we um, would truly call a sleeper, I guess. But speaks to the kind of quality in the middle rounds that we'll get in this saved class, I feel. Liam, you're nodding along there. It feels like you've got something to say. Yeah, I was just, I was just agreeing because uh, I think that... Uh... I feel like that this isn't the best safety class in the last sort of two or three years until you kind of do what we do and kind of just get into it and realise that especially day two onwards, there's a lot of really good guys available, really good potential NFL starters, even if the top's a little bit thin. Hmm. Yeah, I'd agree with that one. I've not, like I said, I've not really given out first round grade as of yet in this safety class. I don't expect to give one out. I feel like I've watched the best guys over the past week or so has been preparing for this, but we'll move on and, uh, you know, maybe get a surprise one or two, but I don't think I'll give out a first round grade. So yeah, I completely agree with, uh, with that assessment, Liam. Yeah, for sure. So that rounds up then for our safety scouting podcast. Uh, we'll just go around the table, give out some handles and then we'll get out of here. Wish you all a happy new year. Uh, this will be out on new year's Eve. So hopefully, you know, don't drink too much if you're going to have a drink and, um, you know, enjoy yourself, wake up in the new year and uh, start on the right foot. It's been a bad one for everyone, I feel, in most parts. But uh, yeah, let's start the 2021 off correctly. I'll start with you, Kieran. Just give out some some contact details for yourself and uh, we'll get out of here. At DCCYT Football on Twitter, if you want to see me argue with Steelers fans or uh, Kieran's Corner, we're going to be doing an episode coming around Wildcard Weekend, giving out our yearly award show because the nfl can't do it properly so we're going to have that award show uh actually the votes for this are being done by the college guys you see here liam rob andy and lee and also the guys over at the um nfl pod so like lawrence sean and tim so it's going to be in-house voting this year so you can be assured it will be fair picks not like the uh playoffs um committee Rob, what about yourself? Moving on quickly from that controversial moment that I've just mentioned there. <laughs> Kieran being controversial, or are you being <laughs> controversial? Because, I mean, Kieran being controversial, the two go hand in hand. But um, <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at FFBritBaller. Um, and on New Year's Eve, I will be watching um, Notre Dame smash Alabama. Um, I do believe that game will finish at approximately half midnight in the new year. <laughs> So it will be a fantastic start to the new year should that happen. But I don't think it might, but I've got to remain optimistic because if not, I'm going to go down a really bad <laughs> hole. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to, to seeing that this year. Uh, being in tier four as I am, it will be a case of me and the wife who will be sharing a bit, bottle of bubbly and that is it. We'll probably be in bed after the Alabama game. Same for me, mate, to be honest with you. We're all cracking on a little bit in age now, aren't we? We're not these young ones anymore. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, I, I, I said to me, completely off tangent, but I looked in the mirror the other day and I've started to get lines around my eyes. I'm like, oh, I'm getting old. And she's like, well, you you know, you've got two kids now and like, whatever. <laughs> Just what you wanted it. to hear in that situation, right? Exactly. And no, I don't fear that. I feel like a spring chicken. I feel like a spring chicken. I wonder what you feel, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> old man podcast now. <laughs> <laughs> Liam, move us on. Tell us where we can find you. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Liam66NFL, anything NFL, anything college football, all my full 10 yards college football stuff. Uh, the aforementioned um, draft prospect threads as we're now well into draft season. Uh, so, uh, yeah, they'll they'll keep uh, piling up for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a, it's a good one to kind of keep track of. If you're wanting more condensed, you don't have time to listen to us on the podcast one day, head over to Liam's profile. He's doing loads of links and threads on uh, players of different positions and kind of giving a condensed version of what we're doing almost as a group on the podcast. So yeah, top quality content there on his Twitter page at Liam66NFL. Um, and for myself at Wakefield90, um, you can find me talking college football and more so the draft now. Starting to talk some Chargers uh, drafts over at Charger Bolts, which is a website that I write for considering the Chargers. So if you're a Chargers fan or if you just wanted to know how we're going to win the Super Bowl in 2021, knock Patrick Mahomes off his uh, off his throne. Yeah, big call. <laughs> Probably not so much. But uh, yeah, um, yeah, come over and speak to me at Wakefield 90. And uh, yeah, we'll be uh, talking some Chargers, talking some draft over the next few months. And uh, yeah, we'll see you there. So yeah, that's us done talking about safeties. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Take care. Thanks for listening to the podcast. For all your football needs, check out our website, full10yards.com, or follow us on Twitter at full10yards CFB. And remember, keep those eyes peeled.